when I was a child, there was a tradition in our family that my mom and dad would wrap presents and they would place them under the Christmas tree days, days in advance of the actual Christmas day. To my older siblings, my brother Steve and sister Chris, uh, the three of us, um, it may have been days, it seemed like weeks, if not months, that those presents were underneath that tree. And I remember when they first put them out there, my, my parents were always stealthy about this. They first put the presents out there. We'd be walking by the living room, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, hey, there's like, and then we'd run and tell, there's presents under a tree, there's presents under a tree, and we would, but there was policy in our house and protocol that we could not touch or get in a certain space of those presents before Christmas. So we did what any kids would normally do is we violated that space when our parents weren't looking. <laughs> so first thing we do is we would sneak in when mom and dad wasn't looking and we would come in there because we'd be arguing all week about which presents were whose and then we'd get down there and we would look close and we'd pull one out and we'd like, my mom and dad would not put name tags on them until like Christmas Eve. When we first saw them, we were, our little hearts and minds were like filled with, with wonder. What's in those? And the wonder escalated when we went and, and we started looking at the packages and realizing there's no names on them. That only amplified, I think my parents enjoyed this, that only amplified our wonder. And then, I'm going to go a little, a little old school here. We would always get the big Sears gift Christmas catalog in the mail like in November and the kids we'd always write out everything mom just said write out what you want for Christmas we'd write out on a piece of paper and give it to them so so since there's no name tags we would sneak back in when they weren't looking with like a, a tape measure and stuff and we would kind of take the package and measure it and compare it against the gift catalog trying to figure out which one was which anything that we could do to kind of kind of help us with our our wonder about what's in them One time, I couldn't stand this. And I know we're being live streamed. I know my mom and dad once in a while will watch. <laughs> one time, I snuck in there, and I just peeled the corner of the paper off on one box to see if I could see a logo or something that would tell me what the present was. I think that year, there was like 20 packages with the corners <laughs> torn. Every day, we wandered what was coming until Christmas Eve and then we got to open this tradition started later we got to open one gift on Christmas Eve parents don't do this this is like for kids walking through a desert for days and all of a sudden and you're dying of thirst and they give you one drop of water on Christmas Eve it just takes your wonder and blows it up it just makes it worse now you can keep your traditions that's cool but Christmas morning was a day the wonder exploded, right? The wonder exploded and the wonder was revealed in a flurry of paper and, ah. Do you have those memories? I'm glad you're all here today. Welcome, we're glad to have everybody here to our guests. My name is Brian, I'm our lead pastor. We're glad you're here too. Uh, we're gonna sit here and talk about God's word, the Bible together, and we're gonna uh, hear in just a few moments on the back for our guests, there's an outline here of what we're sharing. If you wanna fill in the blanks and kinda see the framework uh, of what we're talking about, I wanna welcome those who are online. <laughs> um, what a weekend, amen? It's like there was a lot of stuff going on this weekend. 
And so we're glad you're with us online too. And uh, to our, our friends and, and anybody new online, this same thing is posted there on our Facebook Live page and also on our website, the same information there. And to our guests, man, we would love this Connect card. I can't remember, I catch if Lene mentioned this, we would love you to fill out this Connect card so we can connect with you. One announcement on here that Lene, uh, I'm going to cover for Lene is the angel tree. Uh, the angel tree is something we do here in tradition at our church. Uh, the angel tree is right out here in our west lobby. And every year we load it with ornaments. And these ornaments are families that we help during the Christmas season. Uh, so there's a number of ways that we help families. There's one way is, is we help our homestead ladies. Uh, maybe provide if there's a need there for their children. Uh, also we connect with our local school uh, here that serves our area of town. And we connect with them. There's also a benevolence cards there like if you just want to pick up a gift card I'll tell you we use those almost every week here um, you won't believe the stories that walk through our door of the saying hey I need gas card to get to a chemo treatment or whatever any way we can impact our community we use those benevolence cards so when you're giving I, I wish we someday God will reveal what he's done through all those things but there are a number uh, they're getting down to just a few left so if you want to go hit that tree and uh, consider we just love being in the giving mode amen we love being in the giving mode this season, so that's on there too. So we're starting this new sermon series for Advent called Wonder, Wonder. And uh, our goal is to explode our lives in wonder again. Um, but this isn't about wondering about gifts under a tree. I wanna go back to what Lene said earlier. This is the wonder of the greatest gift ever given to us. And we just wanna have this whole season uh, about just relive wonder so I want you to open your Bibles with me we're going to go to Isaiah the book of Isaiah in chapter 9 Isaiah chapter 9 it's in the Old Testament it's about halfway through your Bible uh, we're going to be landing in that story today and so while you're while you're turning there uh, just a reminder Advent is is a season where we take four weeks Christmas is so important Christmas and Easter are just critical events in our faith and so they're so important, we march towards it for four weeks because there's so much there to go after. So, but in Advent, there's two things that we always celebrate. We, we wander together, we remember and celebrate Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago. I mean, we have to wonder what that was like. We, we try to get as much detail as possible. But not only are we remembering his birth 2,000 years ago, Advent also remembers that he is coming back. And the promise. So we get to wonder about that together, the promise that Jesus is coming back. And that should really fill us with wonderment. So as we get ready to go into God's word together, let's just stop for a second. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit to help us with what we're about ready to read. Holy Spirit, we're praying to you that only you illuminate these words on this page and only you examine our hearts and what they mean to us and only you stoke the wonder in us as we look at this amazing story of Jesus coming to earth. And so Holy Spirit, we ask, make the, 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 the words just jump off the page to us. Make us like our feet and our minds and our heart, and our hearing and our sight is there. But also we say, Holy Spirit, is that you have our hearts during this time. Mold them, show us in us what needs to change or how we are to grow, but stoke our wonder this season. That's what we want most. And Holy Spirit, we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So here's our first sermon out together. Our first sermon out together, wonder makes this season different. 
Wonder makes the season different. There's always something special about this time of year. You know, we all get our turkey coma, but immediately afterwards, it's like, here we go. We're into the Advent season. There's always something special about this, maybe more spring in our step, maybe more brightness in our eyes or speech. There's a fresh joy that comes in. Uh, I think 102.5 was playing Christmas music a week early, like even before Thanksgiving. But just all that starts to stoke in us uh, this season. And there's one reason, I believe, for all that. There's one reason that stands out more than any of the others, and it's wonder. It's wondering about what happened, and it's wondering about what's going to happen. Wonder, wonder. So, so wonder is a term we should, we should define here. So let me give you a definition of wonder. Here's some key words that help us understand. Well, what is wonder? Why is wonder such a big thing here? First, uh, the definition of wonder is it's amazement. It's marveling at the future. Wonder is about the future. Wonder is about what's going to happen. So wonder is a future event. And it's amazement. It's not, this isn't fear. Wonder is not anxiety. Let me kind of put that out there. Wonder is amazement and joy and excitement and anticipation. And we're, in our culture, we're not good at anticipation because we have to be patient, right? And it's like patience is a really hard thing for us. So it's anticipating. That's part of wonder too, uh, what that future event's gonna be. But here's the third thing that I think is really important, or the fourth thing, is it's incomprehensible. Wonder means that I can't comprehend what's happening fully. I can get my arms around a little bit, but to be one, if, if I could comprehend and understand it, then it would not be wonder, right? But it relies on its incomprehensible. And that means, how is it then comprehensible? Well, wonder for us and our faith, it's a supernatural event. That means I need somebody to tell me. I need somebody to show me. How do I get my arms around this? Well, how do, where is my answer in all my wonder? And so all those things are in a definition of wonder. And have you ever thought about this? When you look at that list, we just spent five weeks talking about worship. And to me, wonder is worship. I mean, look at that. Amazement, marveling, anticipation, comprehension, supernatural. When we wonder about the season, we're actually talking about worship. Like, it explodes us in, in, in worship. In, in Advent, our wonder turns into worship of Jesus. And that's what this series during Advent is all about is we're gonna deal with the main characters of the Christmas story, and they all went through this wonder. They all went through this wonder. And so we're gonna be talking about uh, people like Elizabeth and Mary and Zachariah and Simeon and the angels on Christmas Eve. Uh, we're gonna be talking about all of them and the wonder of this newborn Messiah. And what's interesting about all of them is that all of these are located in the book of Luke. And in all of them, they, their wonder took them into a moment of worship where they burst out in song. So you're gonna see all these songs, Mary's song, Elizabeth's song, Simeon's song, we're gonna be in all these songs during this season as they burst forth in worship in wonder, in wonder of, of the coming Messiah. But before we jump into the book of Luke, I actually wanna go backwards. Here's our second sermon note. The worship of Jesus, the people that burst forth in song about him, 
began long before he was born. And that's why we're going to the book of Isaiah first in chapter 9. Birth, the, 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 the announcement of Jesus, the prophecy of Jesus coming actually occurred seven to 800 years before he was born. And that's why we're going to start in the book of Isaiah and then we'll be in the book of Luke the rest of the time. The wonder of Jesus began 700 years plus before that first Christmas day. So Isaiah, as we go into this book, Isaiah is a prophet. We just talked about him a couple weeks ago. He's linked to a lot of things. He prophesied the coming of Jesus several times, but we're going to jump into a scripture verse here together in just a moment. But Isaiah, just to give you an idea, his job was to deliver to the people as a prophet what God wanted to say to them. And so he was an intercessor. But Isaiah's time in life was very hard. Isaiah came into a time of life where he was God's spokesperson when the nation of Israel was crumbling. As a matter of fact, when we see this part of the scripture, we're actually seeing the Assyrian army is actually in the north already conquering the 10 northern tribes of Israel. And Isaiah is still shouting out to them. And why is that happening? Because they quit worshiping God long ago. They turned from God and God kept say, speaking to the prophet saying, no, come back to me. Don't. Basically what's happening to them is because of them. And God allows them to destroy themselves to wake up. And Isaiah's job is right in the middle of this. And so now the Assyrian army is amassed on the northern border. His warnings to people are falling on deaf ears and they are this close to being conquered and most of them being taken into slavery in other nations. That's how dark this time is when he writes this. But in the midst of all that, God says, Isaiah, I want you to give a message of hope. And that's where we start in verse one. It says, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair, it won't go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and you'll lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You'll break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms blood-stained by war will all be burned. And they'll be the fuel for the fire. So in the midst of this really dark time, God starts out this message. It's like, this won't go on forever. And yet we see another one of God's saving acts. Instead, the land will be filled with the glory of God. And it's interesting that he points out two tribes and the northern part of the Israelite nation. Galilee is the province to the north, and the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali are northern tribes. It's interesting he points these out because that's exactly where the Assyrian army starts. 
and conquers first and goes through the longest suffering, but it's also later where the Babylonians come through the same way. The problem of being in the north, <laughs> it's where the conquering starts. It's also the hometown of Jesus is in that same land. And in this deep darkness, a light will shine. And can you imagine when the people heard these words from Isaiah, what happened with their wonder? How is this going to happen? It says, not only will a light shine during this terrible time, but there'll be a time of great rejoicing. And it goes on to say that your nation will actually expand. Now you're watching the nations crumbling around them and God says, I will expand you, which is fulfilling the promise of Abraham that all nations will know me. And also you'll be like families at a rich harvest, celebrating the harvest. You'll be like soldiers coming back from war, dividing up all the plunder of everything they brought back. You'll be like winning a state football championship. But why all the rejoicing? Because I'm going to break the oppressor's rot. I'm going to take care of slavery. I'm going to bring it to a stop. No more oppression, no more heavy burdens, no more war. And here's your third sermon note. Isaiah shared a song of hope. That's what this is. Isaiah 9, 1 through 5, eventually 1 through 7, is a song of hope. And what's interesting when you're reading the Bible, not always, but most of the time, when you see the scripture indented, it is a poem or a song. It's an act of worship. And so we believe here, Isaiah, when you get to those verses, verse two, the people who walk in great darkness, you see the shift. It's worship. And we believe, I believe, Isaiah sang. This is a song in response to God's saving act. And this is a song that Isaiah sings. A light will come in amidst this darkness and a land and a people will be filled with this light. And ladies and gentlemen, we know today that light is Jesus. 700 plus years before it happened. One thing I noticed is I shared with you my story of the wonder. Did you ever as a kid just sit under the Christmas tree and look at the lights? I shared with you the wonder of, of growing up around Christmas, but I realized years later, I lost that wonder. As a matter of fact, I complained to Kara several times, my wife, that it seems like it isn't until Christmas Eve that I finally get the wonder, because well, there's just so much chaos, there's so much activity, there's so many kids events, so many, all these things, blah, 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 blah. It's like, man, and I lose that wonder. How many here have lost that wonder? It's like, how about we all have four weeks of this, of wonder again? How do we get that back? But then I really begin to understand who Jesus is. This isn't an issue of being a pastor. This was before this role changed my life. How he came that first day, that first Christmas day, how his life for the next 33 years, what he did on a cross, and now he's coming back, the wonder is I get excited when Advent starts because I want four weeks of wondering again and I feel like a kid and I love it 
And I'm so thankful God refilled me with that wonder, and that's the purpose of this series, is that we're all filled with wonder, not on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but all the time. But what's interesting today is I feel our current situation is much like it was 2,700 years ago when Isaiah is writing this. Today, when I look across our planet, there's 8 billion people, and 4 to 5 billion people do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 4 to 5 billion. And they're worshiping something else, something that will give them no hope. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a world filled with darkness. And with that darkness and that rejection of God comes brokenness, it comes fear, anxiety, crime, war, disease, breakdown in the families, lack of respect for life. So let's look at our fourth sermon note together. We live in a time of deep darkness. We do. We live in a time of deep darkness. There was only a few million people on the planet in Jesus' time. There's eight billion. But our time is different than the time in Israel. For not only is there darkness, but we live in a time of deep darkness and brilliant glory. For the light of Christ is here. What we have that Israel doesn't have is the Savior has arrived. And that light has come into the world. And that light is in you and me. And so we live in a time of not only deep darkness, we live in a time of brilliant glory. And that glory is in us. It is not us. It is he who dwells in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there is hope in this light. So I want to jump back. Let's jump back to Isaiah, starting in uh, chapter 9, verse 6. Because I think when Isaiah delivered this message, they were not ready for this next verse. They were really jacked about the first few sentences about God will take care of this and, and the oppressor's rod and all that. But they weren't ready for verse 6. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The compassionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. So I don't think they're ready for verse six. God's going to take care of this. Here comes your Messiah, and he's going to be a child, a newborn. And that first sentence is very important for all of us. For unto us, a child is born, but a son is given. See, Jesus wasn't created. Jesus has always existed. But this baby was new. 
For unto us a child, that's new. But a son is given. The son of God came in the form of a child, a newborn baby. That is not how we expect to break the oppressor's rod and to free us from our sin. And this newborn child will be king and carry the burden of the world on his shoulders. And all if they knew it was coming through a cross. Israel had darkness, but now they got this message, so now they have hope. For God's never failed a promise. We have darkness and hope, but we have something else. We have the light. We have the light. So let's look at the last part of this, our last sermon note together, this sermon note. Our hope is in Jesus. And our hope is in first these four names. Why is this so important? Listen to this. Our hope is first in a wonderful counselor. The first name given to this newborn child. A wonderful counselor who leads us into the incomprehensible. In the Old Testament, a counselor, the word here would be used for a wise person who would help you and you can't comprehend what you're going through. They would step into that with you and lead you through it. Take you from the incomprehensible to the comprehensible. But not just a counselor, a wonderful, a counselor filled with wonder who can take those things I can't figure out and bring them to life in me. Someone who knows every detail of the incomprehensible. This Savior knows everything that we're trying to comprehend, but more important than that, you know why this counselor is so good? This counselor is so good because he knows every one of our past, he knows what we're going to do today, and he knows our future. None of the counselors we go see know those three things until we tell them our past and we know where we we're at today, but they don't know our future. Not only is our hope in Jesus a wonderful counselor, our hope is in Jesus, a mighty God who will free us from ourselves. The whole Israelite nation was excited about somebody to knock these Assyrians out, somebody to rule the government, and they didn't know the Savior was coming actually to save them from themselves. This mighty God, this newborn child is mighty God himself, and that mighty God has the power and the authority to remove the penalty of our sin, free us from ourselves, and give us life everlasting Not only is our, our hope in a Jesus who's a wonderful counselor and a mighty God, but also an everlasting father. This father is a very intimate term, a, a, an everlasting father whose love never ends. This newborn child is one with a father and his love never ends. And eternity is going to be in the presence of his love, which never fails, never stops, always comes through. And last, our hope is in a Jesus who is the Prince of Peace who reconciles all to him. This newborn child will bring peace and I think everybody was excited to hear about peace, 
peace from the Assyrians, peace from war. No, 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 peace from yourself. <laughs> peace in your relationship with God and reconciling that and peace in your relationship with everybody else. Reconcile that. He'll come fix that. That's where peace starts. And then one day that child will come back and peace will reign over everything. Can you imagine what this sounded like to the Israelite people who were in deep darkness and about ready to be taken off into slavery? And can you imagine these words and the wonder, the wonder it created in their hearts? What is going to happen? And this message of hope and wonder is still as powerful today and we want to reclaim the wonder of this season not have Christmas be a one day event for 24 hours but we get super excited during Advent but our whole lives wander we're always in wonderment and the cool thing is that very light of the world lives in you and I And I think this is an amazing time to go to offering. The one thing I haven't talked about is how do we apply this in our lives? And I'd like to apply it in prayer for all of us and in offering. So would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we ask that you ignite our childlike wonder. And it all starts with hope. The wonder of hope. That's, that's the key message today, the wonder of hope. We have hope, and we're wondering, and stoke that wonder in us like childlike behavior again. Father, we are going into the story of you giving us the greatest gift who was the greatest sacrifice ever for us. And our offering is a return to you, the best we can give to you, so Father, I want to navigate this. Now, is there anybody in this room today that needs a counselor, that needs Jesus to walk through this current darkness that they're in, and it's incomprehensible how they're getting out? Jesus, it starts with you. And Jesus, you gave us a whole community around us to go on that journey with them. Or maybe somebody here is really struggling with a recurring or deep sin and they live in shame. Jesus, you came as mighty God to free us and you gave us a community to help us step out of that cell of slavery to our sin. And maybe our offering today is to break free of that sin. Or maybe today there's a number of people in this room that have never known the love of the Father. They've never known the love of a family. And they don't feel like they're loved. Jesus, you're here and you're introducing us to the love of a Father that never ends as you showed with your life. So maybe our offering today is to come to Jesus and see the love of the Father and know we are loved and we're precious. To him. Or maybe there's someone wrestling in this room as we go in the holidays, it's one of the worst times of the year because we have relationship issues. <laughs> We're struggling with our relationship with the Father. We're struggling with our relationship with others. And there's no peace in our lives. 
But Jesus, you came to fix that. You came to reconcile not only us to God, but to each other. And so maybe our offering today is let Jesus come into my life and fix that. First, fix my relationship on the vertical and help me with the relationships on the horizontal. And maybe my offering today is I'm gonna fix some relationships this holiday season because I have the wonder of hope. And lastly, maybe there's some people in this room today that have not decided to follow Jesus and put their faith in him. And they're in a crisis of faith right now knowing that they are listening to these songs of hope and these songs of wonder and they want their life to sing like that. Today is a day to change. Today is a day to come forward. Today is a day to say, I'm gonna follow Jesus because I can't find this hope anywhere else. And Jesus, you'll give them the wonder of hope and you'll change their lives for eternity. And you give us community to come around and walk with everybody and the light is in all of us. So Holy Spirit, wherever we are in all those areas, we have a connect card here. We have our brothers and sisters sitting next to us that we can be brave today and say, I need someone to walk with me and I want it to start with Jesus. That's the first step. And any of us can fill out the connect card and say, would you walk with me? Any of us can come up after the service and say, would you walk with me through this? So that's our offering. We're gonna start this Advent season right. Fill us with wonder of hope. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. When you leave today, for our guests, that connect card, would you drop in the box? We just love to connect with you. Your tithes and offerings, your gift back to God, the finances to, to do the work of this church around the world even. Feel free to drop those off and give your best offering today so we all start this Advent season right. Good morning, everyone. We are the Fear family. This is Henry, Gabby, Caroline, my wife, Allison, and my name is Brian. God made some promises to his people a very long time ago. He promised that they would never be alone, that he would protect them and give them a future. But the greatest promise of all was that he would send someone to save them. So God's people waited for the promise to come true. They waited for a savior. They waited and hoped and waited some more. What's something you had to wait a long time for? To go on a big water slide. <laughs> the people who shared God's promises with his people were called prophets. One prophet named Isaiah had this to say, but the Lord will still give you proof. A virgin is pregnant. She will have a son and will name him Emmanuel. Do you know what being pregnant means? Have a baby. Yes, that's right. It means to have a baby. So the promise from God that Isaiah shared was that a young woman was going to have a baby boy. Another prophet had this message from God. Bethlehem Ephrath, you are the one of the smallest towns in the nation of Judah, but the Lord will but the Lord will choose one of you, your people to rule the nation. 
Someone whose family goes back to ancient times. Have you heard of Bethlehem? Yes. Exactly, that's where Jesus was born. Different prophets told us that God promised a baby boy would be born in Bethlehem. He would be named Jesus, and he would be the Savior. Do you think that God was going to keep his promise? Yeah. Yes, of course. God always keeps his promise, but it took a very long time. That is why we're only lighting one candle today. We have to wait to light all of our candles, just like God's people had to wait for their Savior. Today we light the candle of hope, reminding us that God's people waited and hoped for God's promise to come true. O come, o come, Some captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come. The people were waiting and hoping for their Savior, and then finally they got to rejoice that God had kept his promise. Can you think of something we can rejoice about today? Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for keeping your promise to send a Savior. Help us to wait for and hope in you this season, and remember to rejoice in what you do in our lives. Amen. Amen. 